Hey folks, Greg Lappin here with Fieldcraft Survival Podcast, your host today, and uh, I have a very, very, very special guest, the one and only, none other, our CEO and founder, Mike Glover here with us. It's a little weird that I'm the new guy here and I'm hosting him on his <laughs> his own podcast. So uh, so here we are. What's up, brother? What's up, man? Um, So uh, BioPro we were talking about, right? Yeah, we're talking about... Um, well, optimizing health and wellness. Absolutely. Which is obviously like we've talked about this, you and I, uh, in great length. And I think that's part of the impetus of why I'm even out here is that, you know, like our Mark one motto weapon system is our body, Mm -hmm. our body and our mind, what we were born with. That's our vessel. And, uh, we're seeing a lot of people not taking care of their, their number one weapon, that first line gear, which is our body. And then they're going to all the tools and getting all the cool guns and the gun belts and the gear and the kit. And, uh, they can't perform at a level. So, uh, I've been on something, uh, called BioPro for about two years now. And, uh, I'm a firm believer of it. I started as a customer really. And, uh, it's a insulin like growth factor. Mm-hmm. It's all natural derived from elk antler, live cultivated elk antler, and elk antler velvet, uh, all natural, non-synthetic, alternative to human growth hormone. So human growth hormone created in your pituitary gland gets metabolized into growth factors. And this is a direct growth factor. You take it under your tongue sublingually, hold it for about two minutes on your tongue, gets absorbed through your mucous membranes. Then you can go ahead and swallow it. And the rest is just waste product. And I swear by it, like not a, not a sales pitch at all. Um, I notice more energy. I notice more libido. I would notice better sleep. But for me, the biggest thing is I noticed an almost complete shutdown of all my TBI, my traumatic brain um, injury episodes. It basically has fixed my TBI episodes. Yeah, I'm I'm on the, um, I mean, technically this is the new year episode, but I'm, I'm on this whole self-care thing. So CPI, I'm doing the stem cell therapy in a week. I'm doing um, this BioPro. I'm doing Wolf 21 CBD alternative to drugs. Let's talk about Wolf 21 real quick. So they came in town what, last week for mm-hmm. us here as, as of the recording, and they set me up with a couple of things. Ruck up, I guess their whole line. Ruck up, tactical response. Bed down. Bed down and ROD. Mm-hmm. I virtually cut caffeine out of my daily diet. And so, you're just doing CBG, the tactical That's response. it. Yeah. CBG and the ruck up. The, yeah. the mushroom-based energy one and then the CBG-based energy one. I was, dude, I was drinking two to three full-size, like, C4 energy drinks a day. Yeah. And I virtually cut all caffeine out of my diet, like, almost overnight taking those things. It's, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. I swear by it. They're amazing. Yeah. Optimized health and wellness is the, is the goal. And, like, self-care is something that most of us don't do when it comes to, I mean, some of us are good at it, but we put ourselves typically last when it comes to priorities, our kids, our spouse, or our family, our friends. And I've certainly have done that. And now it's time in 2024 to take care of me and put my some of my health and wellness priorities first. Well, and let, let's talk about that. So, you know, what was the impetus? And, and I want to hear more about the, the stem cell stuff that you're going to do, but what was the impetus for, because... I mean, I remember being out at your place last March and you were probably 40 pounds heavier than you are now. And you're like, that weekend motivated you. We started talking about all this stuff and jujitsu and everything. And like, now you're like jacked and shredded. So like, what's the impetus for a lot of this self-care? Uh, you know, I I think longevity with my kids and, you know, I'm also having a whole bunch of health issues that are catching up with me that have have since been resolved. Like my spine surgery uh, had a replacement disc in C5 and C6, or C6, C7 had C5 cleaned out. Um, and that put me down hard for a month. In fact, I mean, I'm still kind of self-recovering. The stem cell will kind of set me up for a new baseline and then BioPro and all the things will help me into 2024. But man, I was, I think I was in just a bad place. Um, working 18 hours a day, I had no personal life. Right. I was just working my ass off. 
training every weekend and then working every day of the week. Yeah. And so there was no balance. And probably road tripping to a lot of those trainings. So you're on the road, yeah. you're eating crummy, you're not getting enough hydration, you're not getting enough sleep. And I think that's, you and I are about the same age. Yeah. Um, shared similar paths in our life. You know, me on the law enforcement side, primarily contracting some, mm -hmm. and then you on the military side contracting. Um, but it takes a toll on our body. You know, and same thing, like, you know, I've got, I broke my L4. You know, I broke my C5, you know, I tore my LCL, I've torn my MCL. And I think now in our mid forties, it's all catching up to us mm. yet. Look at us. We're still pretty high level, high level athletes mm -hmm. and we can still do the job and we have more experience than a lot of the young guys, but I don't want my body falling apart, man. Yeah. I don't want that, man. And I, like I went to the gym yesterday and uh, I was, I was curling 75s which I, I i typically can curl 85s and i had a kid next to me who, who knew who i was and he was curl he had in his hands 40s yeah and he wanted to be his his brother was a navy seal and everybody's a navy seal Why? yeah i know right <laughs> his, and his other brother i think was a pj or something like that and he recognized me and i thought to myself like i'm the old guy in the gym but and I saw a lot of old guys in the gym that were nearly probably the same age, maybe a little bit older than me, that looked near handicapped, like yeah. elderly. Yeah. And so when I look at my kids, just like when I look at my entire life, I want to be able to be the strong guy in the room at a minimum to be able to carry my loved ones out of harm's way. And when honestly, when you and Greg came, I, I think that was likely a crossroad for me because um I had been in this lifestyle of jiu-jitsu and combatives and tactical stuff and all the special operations stuff as a culture, but I got away from that and then just worked my ass off and kind of spun myself um, out of control in health and wellness because I was trying to distract myself from uh, personal stuff. Yeah, And I drowned myself in work and it kind of helped but it didn't help my body and my mind. Right. And so when you guys came and I'm like, these guys are the same age as me and they're super fit and they're always into it and they're super positive and kind of, I was like, Oh, I wanted out more of that, which is why, I mean, at that time I was like, I need to recruit this guy because having you around is really positive. I think for everybody in the company, but also for me personally. And I, yeah. you know, we talk about all the time, like it's the reason why I surround myself with, Evan Hafer and Andy Stumpf and Tim Kennedy and Jack Carr and all these guys, because I want them to be influential on me and push me where I see their deficiencies as well. And I push them. Yeah, no, I was, I mean, that's, I was actually literally just having a conversation with Casey and uh, he was kind of saying the same thing. And he's like, you know, he, we were chatting and I helped him out with me. He goes, you're my hero, man. I was like, bro, you need to find some better heroes, dude. If I'm, oh. if I'm your hero, you've set your bar real low. But that's like, I think we're all a little self-deprecating. That's the ongoing joke. Mm. You know, it's like for me, you know, being around you, you have experiences and knowledge that I don't have. And I'm like, I want that. Yeah. Like, I, I want that. So let's go do this together. And then I'm going to learn and vice versa. You know, it's like everyone. You want my brain. I want your body. <laughs> <laughs> you want my body. Wait, what? what That's a different podcast. <laughs> but, you know, we all push each other. And, you know, it's cool for me because it's like when you're on the mats, like when you're on the mats, you're just another dude on the mats. You're yeah. not my boss. I'm you're you're one of my students, Feels you know, and it's awesome. And I love that. And, you know, it's like I was telling someone the other day, I was like, yeah, Mike's technically my boss, but I'm going to never make him be my boss. Because if he, if I make him be my boss, I screwed something up. Yeah. And he hired me. He brought me in because he trusts me as a subject matter expert just to handle my stuff. Yeah. You know, so I screwed up if I make him be my boss so we can be friends. Yeah. And when he says, hey, Greg, I need to talk about this. It's Roger that. Yeah. And then we're back to being homies. And then when it's on the map, I'm like, hey, Mike, do this. You're like, Roger that. You know? Yeah. It's a good relationship. It's a, it's a great relationship. But I, I don't think, unfortunately, a lot of men can manage anymore because yeah. men aren't real men anymore. Yeah, well, hundred percent. And they get super. A lot of people get super insecure. They just don't know their place. And like when you're when you've kind of seen it and and done it a lot, especially managing men. Like I've I've managed you as operators my entire life. Right. Uh, seemingly, it seems like my entire life, even as an informal leader, not in a designated responsibility. Um, 
so it, I don't I don't feel weird in the position, and it just feels very organic and natural. And most people don't succeed in that environment because they're not really used to it. They don't know how to act. I think they don't, and a lot of this, and I talk about this with law enforcement, I, I think they don't know how to act because they're insecure. Yeah, that's they're, part they're of not, it They're sure. not confident. So yeah. they mask that insecurity with um, posturing and peacocking. Mm-hmm. And then that leadership turns into almost, I don't want to say bullying, but it's like, because I told you, not yeah. actual true leadership of like, hey, I'm leading the way. Let's let's do this together. Yeah. You know? So, but you know, going back year year and recap. Obviously, this is the New Year episode. We just had Christmas a few days ago, and uh, a lot of things have changed with not just Fieldcraft itself, but I think a lot of ch- things have changed with you. Let's talk about kind of 2023. What we've seen in trends of you know preparedness and 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 what we should kind of focus on because we've got all the new year's resolutions coming up. Everyone's going to be in the gym. Everyone's going to be in jujitsu. Everyone's going to be on the range for about two weeks. And then they're going to go back to eating McDonald's <laughs> and getting their caramel macchiato through Starbucks. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that that's hard. So let's talk a little bit. And I know you said, you know, like that last trip when I, me and Greg Anderson were up at your house was kind of an impetus for you. Like, and that was March. So that was the beginning of the year. And now here we are end of December. Yeah, last last year was crazy. I mean, I thought 2020, 2021, and two were crazy. 23 was super crazy. Um, one of the big focuses that we had at Philcraft, ori- like originally was education and preparedness, but all at the same time at a head all these things that I wanted to activate that we had planned for years all happened at the same time, yeah. which was like the app. I mean, people are like, oh, God, you guys you know, came on with that. That's so awesome. It's like that app was in testing and evaluation for years. Yeah. We had, you know, me and Amber had set up an account with a, a college, um, basically a college online forum that was supposed to host it and go through all this thing. And we paid tens of thousands of dollars, spent weeks and weeks and weeks trying to get it right and completely failed. And so we had to start completely over. And then we had a year lead up to the app dropping, which it dropped uh, this year or last year, 2023. And that was so difficult to do. And it's still difficult because you have to provide the content. We're still building it. And you're still building it. (laughs) And then you have to sustain with the content, right. the training. And we, we wanted to offer that because uh, training, one, no training companies really scale. And that's people who are listening to this who have um, the motivation and the drive to start a technical company, that's not me talking poorly about that circumstance. As a business model, it doesn't scale because it depends on, it's a service that depends on very specific nuances like tactical experiences of people. Right. Um, and then when that scales, you increase liability, it, it becomes problematic. The only real modern day version of that I, I could think of is uh, Moyoc, North Carolina and, and Blackwater. But there was a very much so a, a setup of capital oh, pre yeah. prior to. Yeah, they, prior they, to he, he was not hurting for capital. He wasn't. He was loaded. Yeah. So. When you when we saw the training numbers dwindle and and we lost like uh, Kevin Owens and Sean Kirkwood, uh, Sean uh, started working with his family business, um, and I didn't want remote training um, leadership anymore. Yeah. And then uh, Kevin Owens started working for Brian Morgan. That we saw a decline in training, and that's expected. But I never wanted training to be the business. You know, I talked to Tim Kennedy recently about uh, Sheepdog Response, and I like what people say. Oh, you're basically like sheepdog response. No, we're Philcraft survival. And in fact, I started Philcraft before Tim and Tim will uh, openly say that as well. When, when Tim started sheepdog, which was uh, about six months, I believe after I started Philcraft survival, we both knew as a strategy that training could not be the business. Right. Unless you want a mom and pop shop, unless you're like happy with For beer sure. money on the weekend yeah. or whatever One it is. weekend a month and yeah. yeah. And some people completely satisfied with that. But I wanted a, a 
a, a lucrative and very comprehensive business that allowed people to be educated, trained, product equipped, et cetera. When I saw that fall off, I knew app was not the, the sole source solution to training, but an option because some people couldn't afford to fly to train and we're expensive. We're not, we're not inexpensive. Well, it also gets, it, it gets access to your expertise as in all your subject matter experts, all your courses, it gets access to that from afar, which then also gives exposure to field craft, which then scales to retail sales. And, oh, I saw this instructor on your app using this holster. I'm going to go to the fieldcraftsurvival.com shop and I'm going to buy this or the bag, you know, so it's a scalable thing. You know, and it's like the same thing. I ran a shooting company for 10 years. I say ran past tense because it wasn't scalable. It wasn't mm. sustainable. And yeah, I got sick and tired of going out and slaving away on the range for, you know, two, eight hour days from the time to set up and break down for, like you said, essentially beer money on the weekends. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's just not sustainable, but you've built something here, in, in my opinion, that is, goes beyond training. This goes beyond training, what, what you've built here with Fieldcraft. You've built um, an impetus for change. Yeah. You've built a, a tribe. The people that I've seen that come here to the responsible citizen on Wednesday night, to the Friday afternoon clubs, to the training courses, the people that are training here uh, in the jujitsu academy with me, the people that are training uh, with PRG and Devin, they're bought in to belonging to something, you know, and for whatever their reason is. And that to me is a sustainable model. It's the whole reason people have said, you know, we run the guns and geese program. Uh, myself and Greg Anderson and Joel and we, oh, it's like feel it's like sheepdog response. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. And it's not, I'm not saying it's better or worse. Mm -hmm. I modeled that program not to teach people jujitsu and not to teach people how to shoot. Those are modalities to bring people together to light a fire under their ass mm. to elicit change in their lifestyle. Mm. We had this talk the other day, you and me, as far as like, uh, warrior mindset. Mm. I was like, you know, I asked the class the other day, I said, who here thinks they have a warrior mindset? And a few of the guys raised their hands. I said, who here worked out before they came to this course at 9 a.m. this morning? And everyone, all the hands went down. Who here worked out yesterday and trained yesterday? All the hands went down. I said, you guys don't have a warrior mindset. Mm. Warrior mindset's not like, oh, I could shoot that guy if I needed to. Oh, if someone came in here, we're going to blast them. No. Warrior mindset is, are you willing to do what you need to do to be a warrior every single day when you're sick, when you're cold, when you're tired, when you're depressed, yeah. you know, when you're hurt. So, um, you know, and you've built that here. Yeah. You're building that. You well, know, new HQ, going. you know, trying to build synergy around, you know, I learned this from Annie Frisella and spending time with him. Like your people have to be embedded. You have to have the fire base yeah. and you have to, uh, cooperate together. Yeah. And this decentralized version of, of really the model, which derived mostly from convenience doesn't work anymore. And, you know, launching a book while trying to stand up a new headquarters while moving at all employees while trying to, it, while it moving was, yourself to insane <laughs> and having a kid. <laughs> and I didn't want to move. I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. Yeah. I, I was completely happy in Hebrew, but I knew we had to be in a different position, a different place. And I wasn't just going to pretend like we didn't need the change, which is something that people don't like, but it's better off to address the problems head on. And it, even if that means you're not going to like it, like I, like I talked to you about uh, remote employees, yeah. I, I don't like the idea of remote employees, even for the things that you likely would need to remote. I still want the expert co-located, right? Because there's something about showing up, seeing each other in the face, uh, you know, breaking bread, being in the team room builds That's cohesion. What I was going to say, this is a team room. This it is. is. A team room. Yeah, for yeah, sure. We, and we needed that. And then, you know, starting a jujitsu program. Yeah. All these things happened in 2023. I mean, I, I'm still dry heaving from um, the book launch. Yeah. It was nine weekends back to back of being in a different place typically a different state every weekend for nine weeks straight. Yeah. And I was, I was just out of it. And I'm very appreciative because everywhere I went, we had hundreds of people and I was signing books 
and the book crushed. It was in the Wall Street Journal's uh, top three for uh, nonfiction. It's a national bestseller. And that's not because of me, because the book was easy writing in my bathtub. It was because of people's support. But man, cumulatively with everything, it was taxing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, well, and, and, and people hear that and they're probably, oh, poor Mike traveling to all these folks, despite what you may think, he's not jumping in his own private jet and drinking a Mai Tai on the way to these events. He's either driving, I've seen it, he's either driving himself or getting on a commercial flight and flying. So yeah. it ain't it ain't the sexy lifestyle of the rich and famous that you think he's he's working his butt off. It's definitely not a small business, man. A lot, a lot of people, like uh, understanding the toxicity of social media was a lesson learned in 2023. You know, where people saw me driving in a Mercedes Sprinter van and were like, it must be nice. And, you know, we 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 clown those people because we call them the pores. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it must be nice. What, having a Sprinter van that I have a thousand dollar a month payment with USAA, like, and, and I'm trying to like run a business. It's guys, it's a $70,000 Sprinter van. But then I realized with all these things that were happening, we were wasting a lot of energy contesting debating, even commenting back to people who, man, if you go on social media today, unlike a year ago, and you find a picture of a puppy, somebody has something bad to say. It's, cr it's crazy. It, it is it is ludicrous. Sometimes it's entertaining. I think I was looking at some stuff this morning where I was like, this is entertaining. <laughs> but, but we're in a world in society now where everybody has to have an input. And if they get you, because I got you, ha ha. Yeah. Then it's it's it gives them that dopamine they need to get through their day, and we pay too much attention to that, For sure. which is a detriment. Which again, we we learned these lessons in twenty twenty three, so I feel especially in the last quarter of twenty twenty four, we've made a lot of headway and we're in a good place. There are some things to refine in twenty twenty four. Yeah, as they're all, that's, yeah. it should always be striving. I mean, just like we are, we're always striving to make ourselves better. Yeah, we're always you know. We, we've got a whole new rollout for the jujitsu program for 2024 and we're making some changes. We're doing some specials. We're going to really inject a bunch of energy, a bunch of people into the Academy here because yeah. the more people, the more energy, um, the more training partners and just the better the vibe, yeah. you know, and uh, really focus on the kids program and everything. So, I mean, 2024 it's, I don't know, man, COVID was amazing for me as a father, having my kids home, Same. And not having my kids yeah. like, I became a, a good dad. I always said, I'm like a C plus dad. I became a pretty good dad over yeah. COVID, you know, and I had fun raising my kids. And now I'm really trying to like, just maintain that in, in my life now. It's like, hey, let's keep moving forward. Let's keep building our kids up to be good, good humans, good citizens. And like you kind of said for me, I mean, I'm 45 now and all these injuries are starting to catch up <laughs> to me, you know? So yeah, you know, less caffeine, more Wolf 21. It's not a sales pitch. It's the stuff actually works and it's all natural. And it's better for you than these energy drinks. You know, I've been on BioPro now two years. That's not changing for me. That stuff just works for me. Um, I'm going to start competing again in IBJJF, which is the International Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Federation in awesome. 2024. Yeah. So I've got some tournaments lined up. I've got a program. Devin has lined out a program, a, a strength and conditioning program for me. You know, I'm training harder in the gym. But for me, the big part is not breaking, you know, the rehab, the rehab portion of that. So I'm staying really healthy, staying healthy, staying healthy, not breaking. I mean, we're not we're, we're not spring chicks anymore and we don't bend as well as we used to, you know, mm -hmm. and we do get injured and then our injuries kind of linger, mm. you know, and it's, it's hard to maintain a high level of of athleticism, of fitness, of training tempo when you are always battling some injuries. So mm. I'm in the cold plunge now almost every day. Um that cold plunge we have is awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's the company? Desert Desert Plunge? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in that Desert Plunge cold plunge like every day after training. That's a huge help. I'm getting dry needled. I'm getting massaged. I'm getting stretched. Um, I'm really curious to hear about the stem cell stuff. Uh, you, you knew someone who went already, huh? Hmm? You already knew someone who went to the your stem cell place? Yeah, it was recommended by Rogan. And then uh, I know a couple of people who have been... And they said it's a game changer. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, it, it's not cheap. But again, it's like 2024 is like investing in yourself. 
And I, I hope a lot of people do that personally because I see people waste a lot of money on just frivolous bull, bull crap. Um, if you're going to invest, invest in yourself first and foremost. So uh, CPI is um, has a reputable name. It's I'm getting the local stem cell and the intravenous okay. version of it. Now the the recovery is long because especially in the spine injections because they any any inflammation you create through working out that stem cell is going to gravitate towards those areas right. so you need to not do anything to let it work and to heal the parts the of the actual body. troubled areas the troubled areas because that inflammation right now exists in your body i could tell you exactly where my inflammation is right and that stem cell is there and your body knows how to orient and vector in all that stem cell to right. concentrate its efforts on on repairing and healing and then when i come out of that you know, doing the full body scan with Hunter 7, which is a nonprofit that focuses on detecting cancer, especially in, in guys who have served overseas. Getting out that out of the way is like diagnostic and then focusing on improving my health, my wellness, um, and then being, like you, like you said, a better dad yeah. because I'm more available. I'm, I'm being more healthy, I'll be more available. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, you know, your kids are obviously younger than mine, but you know, like Jackson, 12 years old, been training jujitsu six days a week since he was five. Yeah. When the kid puts on another 40 pounds, he will, yeah. <laughs> he's going to be a savage. Yeah. And as his old man, I need to be able to keep up with him. And I know there's going to be a day. Father time wins always. But if I can prolong that as much as I can, yeah. you know, and that's, that's the goal. And then, you know, like you said, coming down to just being, being a capable, prepared citizen. We've talked about this in some of our courses that a lot of guys always want to focus on the doom and gloom. Well, what if there's a massive terror attack and I've got to run through the streets and carry and drag a body and shoot bad guys? I'm like, cool. What if you're up on a hike with your family and your 12-year-old son falls and breaks his leg? Mm -hmm. Can you throw your 90-pound 12-year-old over your shoulders and then hike him out downhill six miles? You know, what if a car wreck happens in front of you and the, the car lights on fire and there's a lady and her child in the car. Mm. Can you break out that window and drag her out? Mm. So there's a lot of stuff that just everyday citizen mm -hmm. citizenry that happens all the time. A lot of us posted on our social media, mm -hmm. like just tragic events, snowstorms, hurricanes, et cetera. And if you're not fit and if you're not capable, then you're, you're doing a disservice, you know? Yeah. I, I was looking at numbers I was messing with ChatGPT to get some numbers, and um, I'm, I've always been fascinated with. It's one of the reasons why I started Philcraft. But I've always been fascinated with the reason people live and the reason people die in disaster and catastrophes. Because um, I'm, I'm always like, you know, if there's a, what are the probabilities or what are the variables that make people more likely to survive by identifying why people die, especially right. right? And so, um, like for example, on 9-11, 2,977 died. Titanic, uh, 1,492 people died. Pearl Harbor, 2,403 people died. And then if you go down the list of, um, in war, World War One, 17 million people die. World War Two, the estimates are between 70 and 85 million people died. Um, in Vietnam, uh, with civilian casualties between 1.5 and 3 million people died. And then if you look at the everyday statistics of global death rates, every second, um, two people die, around two people. Um, 108 every minute, 6,480 every hour, or 155,520 every day. And this is globally? Globally, every single day, 155,000 people perish on this earth out of the 8 billion cardiovascular people. yeah cancer cancer you know accidents car accidents uh, those have got to be the top three i think accidents is pretty lump summed all together vehicle accidents are the top of the category about forty thousand americans die uh, a year in motor vehicle accidents yeah but now the the leading cause of death in america for 18 to 45 is is overdose um, including 90% of that statistic, which is about 110,000 people a year, mostly 18 to 45 males, yeah. is fentanyl. Fent yeah. Is the fentanyl crisis. Yeah. So, you know, weighing all this stuff, it makes you assess 
from a company perspective, how do you line out a better year than last in preparing people for the worst case scenario, which is preparing them for everything else in between? Right. You know, if you're prepared for like the civil unrest, the violent encounter, um, the traumatic uh, uh, accident, you are preparing yourself for the casual accident, the backyard right. band-aid in Bassetracin. That's why it's important to kind of take a break. You know, I'm doing this with Rob and doing breakouts with people. It's like, hey, what did we get right? What did we get wrong? And then how can we improve, especially for the customer in 2024? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's fascinating to me. And like you just said, you know, it's like, I call it the complete combatant, right? And if you draw a pie chart of all the skill sets you need, where is your pie chart weak? And, you know, we just heard it. Like the majority of deaths are cardiovascular related. So like, hey, let's start eating healthy. Let's stop drinking all the booze. Let's start mm -hmm. eating healthy. Let's start taking care of our vessel. Let's start exercising, doing some cardiovascular exercise. That kind of can rule out that number one cause. Yeah. You know? Number two, accidents, car vehicle, vehicular accidents in particular. And I bring this up a lot is everyone's always asking me, well, like, what's your, what's your, um, what's your disaster preparedness? Like how much food do you have? How much water, how much, how much ammo do you have? How many guns do you have? Well, one, I can only shoot one gun at a time, mm -hmm. you know, unless I'm going like old Arnold Schwarzenegger from the hip, you know, uh, I can only shoot one gun at a time. Do I have a lot of ammo? Yeah, sure. I do have a lot of ammo because if something does, catastrophic does happen, I can load that up and you and me are rallying up at our rally point. Mm -hmm. And now we've got stuff to issue out and, and fight with. But that's like so far beyond the realm of like what's actually logical car accidents. So people go to shooting courses all the time. They go to survival courses mm -hmm. all the time. They learn how to do this and that with their rifles and their pistols. And what driving course have you gone to? Mm -hmm. Have you learned to really I'm a good driver. I'm a good driver. Ask any dude, right? I'm a good driver. Yeah. Have you really learned how to do vehicle dynamics? Do you, have you really learned how physics and the forces of balance and gravity work on a vehicle? Do you know how to trail throttle oversteer, to trail brake oversteer? Do you know how to control a car when it's understeering or oversteering? And people just negate that because they're in a car every day. Mm -hmm. Car basically drives itself. You know, and that was something you and I have been talking about is going to, you know, going to a racing school. Uh, obviously, you're a big car guy and you've done a lot of done a lot of that, a lot of training with the military, as mm -hmm. as have I, you know, all through contracting. Every every rotation, you're going to a driving mm -hmm. school, off-road or vehicle dynamics. Um, but people negate the big blocks that they could like, let's rule that out. Hey. We don't want to die from cardiovascular health. Cool. Eat healthy and exercise. That's pretty easy. Hey, we don't want to die in a car accident, but we can limit our odds drastically by really, really learning how to drive. Let's go to a driving school. Let's go to a racing school. Okay. Let's get a good vehicle. And I'm not saying something expensive, but something that's, you know, that's well-maintained and that you can control. And we're ruling out a lot of those things. Now you can focus on the ancillary stuff, mm. the trauma kit in the car. Mm. The, the your EDC carry, your pistol, mm. you know, your your carbine, your truck gun. But people want to go automatically to the sexy tools because that's what they see on YouTube. That's mm -hmm. what they see on Instagram. And let's be honest, buying a sexy tool and kitting it out and taking a picture of it and posting it is really easy compared to getting up at 5 a.m. and getting on the mats and training jujitsu for an hour. Mm. You know? Yeah. A lot of people um, weigh cool and sexy over statistical probabilities of likelihood. Like, I, like accidents, for example. Um, the statistics about 17 million vehicle accidents happen every year in America. Um, out of the 17 million, 2 million people are injured. And out of the 2 million people, about half of that, about a million people are injured and deal with those injuries lifelong. And then, you know, 40,000 people perish. So I look at those statistics and go, okay, should you be prepared for the active shooter? Well, the statistics are very low compared as compared to accidents. But what I tell people is like, it's not about you being in that specific uh, circumstance. It's about your exposure to the circumstance. So is your family driving? Um, is, is your spouse driving and you're in the vehicle? Are you coming across an accident as a responsible citizen? Then if you look at the statistics, it is an overwhelming likelihood that based on um, 
how many miles you travel, you are constantly exposed to vehicle accidents all the time. I mean, I've, I've, I've literally been exposed as a first responder in, in Provo or in Heber six times, like pretty catastrophic uh, vehicle accidents. A couple times that I had to use my first aid kit or just think outside the box and like pull people off the road or drag them out of the car. Right. And that's just living your everyday life and routine and your pattern of life. So if you take, for example, the statistic of being in a self-defense circumstance, it's very low. 60% of all gun deaths, which is about 60,000 people a year, happen to be suicide. So if you just take self-defense, the statistics are not very high. But if you take the exposure to violent circumstances where you potentially have to defend life, then it exponentially goes to the roof. So it's like a peace officer, a police officer's uh, exposure. They're exposed constantly because all they're answering the call. Right. Every shift. But all, all of that happens in the same town, in the same section of town. And you could be exposed to that as well. So don't think just individually, like cardiovascular health and uh, fitness. And it's one of the reasons why we started um, a jujitsu program, because it's the baseline and foundation for preparedness. And I still see it now, you know, like we're teaching Friday afternoon club and it's a more hands-on approach. It's, it's a 25 to $50 course, depending on the course last uh, couple, a couple weeks ago or last week, we had Andy Stumpf and we did a leadership seminar. Me and you have taught tactics and home defense, really fun time. But how many guys show up to that and they're completely morbidly obese and they're showing up overweight, but they want to do the cool stuff. Right. But when you tell them about jujitsu and you say, hey, you want to like you should be a member here, you should roll. They'll invest in the gun, the kit, the sexy, the course, right. but they won't invest in themselves and coming here and becoming better on the mats, working through one problem set at a time. And that's the problem culturally that we have to, as a barrier, work through. And, and what I'm constantly thinking about in 2024 of, of what we need to improve um, to give the uh, customer a better experience. Yeah. It, embrace the suck. That, that old saying, embrace the suck. But the fact of the matter is, you know, if you want to live this lifestyle, it's not easy. It's not. It's not easy, but it is incredibly rewarding, like incredibly rewarding. I would not, Greg Anderson, I have talked about this. You could not pay me enough money to give up my black belt. If you say, Greg, I'm going to give you $5 million, but you have to give up your black belt. And that means like all the knowledge, all the, everything that I've gained from becoming a black belt, I wouldn't do it because everything that I have in my life today is a derivative of me achieving that black belt and a derivative of me putting the time in you know, almost everything that I have. So what's that worth? It's, it's invaluable, but now I can walk through and it's funny, you know, you talk about comments on, on social media and Instagram, and I'm now newly dealing with this because mm -hmm. like my Instagram is blown up yep. and obviously a lot of people, Oh, that's great. I love the info. Thank you very much. Some good legitimate questions, which I always try to answer legitimate questions, but then you get the guys that just want to be silly and, and hate. And I'm always like, I'm right at Provo H HQ, Fieldcraft HQ and Provo. If you you, want, you got something to say, but I'm I'm learning to deal with that. But you know, it's like I don't walk around scared. That's not why I carry a trauma bag in my truck. It's not for me. It's for that family of four that gets into a car wreck. I don't carry my EDC for self defense. I've never even thought about carrying a pistol for self defense. Like if you and me didn't know each other and we shoulder checked each other in the grocery store. You know, and like we wanted to throw our dukes up and fight. Well, we're going to fight. And then the best man wins. And because we're both tough guys and we're fighting, one of us is going to issue mercy at some point. We're probably going to be homies afterwards. Mm -hmm. I've never thought about carrying a gun for self-defense. Now, if I'm with my kids and my family, that's a different, different story. Yeah. But I'm carrying to defend their life. Yeah. I'm carrying every day. So when I am in the grocery store, that Walmart or wherever it may be, and an active shooter might does happen to come in, well, now I can defend the innocent. Because I am the prepared, you are the prepared. We have the the tools, the equipment, and then the experience and the skill set. Mm. I don't carry because I'm afraid about getting beat up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's the last thing on my mind. Yeah, it has to be a culture shift, and like you said, uh, being prepared as we message it and talk about it should be a lifestyle and not a hobby. And that's the hardest thing with this whole business. I mean, 
operating a business where, I mean, literally you're pioneering a space. I mean, there's not a lot of, trust me, I've, I've looked into it and I've, I've looked at all the, and talked to all the experts about it. There's not a lot of models for how this evolves because preparedness is more popular than it was three years ago. And it's going to gain popularity. And it's gaining popularity, but but certainly, you know, you know, when I started Fieldcraft eight years ago, I was attacked for years. I mean, I, people still think we're fear-mongering. It's like, you know, we're actually just telling the truth about things. And I'm not trying to tell you to be prepared um, for the zombie apocalypse, because I don't think that's likely. But if you were to say to the Israelis on October 6th, yeah that they would have an attack which would kill thousands and it would be their version of R911, they would laugh at you. And October 7th, it happens and then innocent people are murdered. And by terrorists that are on the border uh, of, of Gaza and Israel. So it's like, this thing can happen in our modern time, in our society. And all we're saying is in the education, in the, in the, in the training, and all the things that we do, just pay attention yeah. and, and, and how involved you decide to get. I always tell people like, I don't care about your level of preparedness. Cause at the end of the day, I know where I stand. I'm, if you're not picking up when I'm laying down, that journey is on you. That's on them. That's Absolutely. on you. Yeah, no, that that's on them. And, and, you know, I've always said that too. And obviously like you can't go it alone in a disaster. You you can't go it alone. It's very difficult to go it alone in a disaster. You need your tribe. You need a few trusted folks. But we have that. And if other people aren't building that, like you said, that's on them. You know, it's it's and we still have friends in the industry. And I'm not trying to put my tinfoil hat on, but there will be at some point another catastrophic attack here. I don't know what it's going to look like. It's going to happen this year, I think. But it, there will be, you yeah. know. Yeah, and if you're not, if you're not prepared for it, if you're not ready for that, um, then you may be the one that ends up caught in the crossfire. You may be the one standing there with your family, with like, you know, Coca Cola and Cheetos in your hands. Like, hey, what am I doing? Well, you know. So that for me, I I don't live a day where I'm not trying to evolve evolve in this space you know and you've got to it's like what else you got to do you know it's like <laughs> when you're when you're living your best life in the u.s which even the poorest of the poor have it better off than than some of some of the wealthier third world countries oh, that yeah. exist in this in this world it's like I, the realization that i've had like you said it's not about training per se it's not about equipment per se it's about changing lives and the the first phase of that is you accepting your reality. So if you're if you're listening to this and you're overweight, and then you have like a diet plan or fad that is going to you think set you up for success in 2024, you're mistaken. And you know, I was kind of forced. I think by nature I'm just lazy. Like I I, I I'm not like a go getter unless I'm put in a position where I have to set desired goals and I see the vision and I can see the the end of it. But if if there wasn't that, I, I just wouldn't get off my ass because I'm like, there's nothing else to fight for. I need something to fight for. Right. Well, if you have a family, if you have people that you care about or love and you're listening to this and you're lazy, don't do it for yourself because maybe that's not, that's not the program that's going to make you better. Do it for the people that depend on you. So if you're a father and you're obese, if you're a husband and and you suck, if you're a, a wife and you want to be an asset, then it's time to pick up the sword and yeah. and start getting to work. Yeah, and, and, it. I, and it's awesome. All the things that we talk about um, make you better as a human being in life when you're more capable. And you use this analogy all the time. It's like when you go to the grocery store in Provo, you want to see your tribe and you want to like give them a wink, wink and know you know, there's three people identified in the grocery store and they're all capable human beings. If, if things kick off, oh yeah, they're going to be my assets. Dude, I went to a little Christmas uh, concert for my little girl the other day mm -hmm. at her new school because we're, we're new here. And uh, as soon as I walk in the door, there's a dude that I recognize. He's come in here a few times and he works. He's a federal agent and he's 
And he's like, "Hey, what's up, man?" Gave a little little fist bump, little wink. Uh, he went to down. he went to he went yeah he went to one corner exit. I went to the other corner, and that's where we sat. Hey, Roger, that you know we knew each other, but like like you said, like that's cool, you know, to have that, and and it just makes everything feel so much better. And kind of going back to what you said is like creating the want. You can hear Lilypad scratching her collar under the table. Um, to the want with jujitsu, what I found. Going to the gym by yourself is not fun. It's not fun. Getting on the elliptical machine or the treadmill or even pushing weights, it's not fun. Mm -hmm. You get on the jujitsu mats, it's fun. And you're there with your tribe and we're laughing and we're giggling and we're smiling and we're hugging and there's, there's connection there. And just in the three months that the academy has been open, I've got one guy, he's my age, 45 kind of let himself go a little bit. Not bad, but like just didn't feel like a tough guy anymore. Didn't feel like a man. Dude, three months, he's a different human. And he's coming in, he's more confident. He's lost a bunch of weight. He's like getting his physique back. All from having fun every day. And that's what jujitsu does. Jiu-jitsu builds that want and that yearning to like, okay, I'm going to go do something hard today. Mm -hmm. But we're going to have fun. It's going to be hard, but we're going to have fun. And people have to want that struggle. You got to want the struggle. Gotta have it. I mean, um, in 2024, I guess if you set New Year's resolutions, which I think is positive, your goal setting. Um, look, I, I, it's, I don't have enough capital to put a Phil Craft in everybody's backyard. Yet, I, I wanted yet, to, not yet. <laughs> I'd love to do that. Um, uh, owning a preparedness company isn't the best way to make capital, um, but a lot of the things that we do whether it's the app or online content or just podcast education, Patreon, the list goes on. You could start your own tribe in your own backyard. And a lot of people neglect that. You know, they lean on me and they're like, well, how come you're not doing anything here? I'm like, dude, I don't have to do anything here. I've given you all the tools. American Contingency is still a online forum for people connecting to start your own group. Stand up and be a leader in your own backyard. Yeah. Um, hell, stand up and be a leader in your own house. Uh, a lot of people, especially men, have lost sight of that. And it's important that, especially in 2024, we're, we're now 314 days to an election. Um, things oh, are going to get volatile. Man, it's – I I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on, but it's going to – I think it's going to be bad. It's going to be shitty. I think it's going to be bad. Foreign adversaries that have already kind of embedded – Somebody sent me something the other day, I couldn't confirm or deny it, um, where they had a track record of how many Viet or how many Chinese immigrants had crossed the border who are told, come back to this court date. So now you have Chinese immigrants that are here. There's speculation that all of those Chinese immigrants that have deliberately come here are in the military. Yeah. And that they're all an action arm. And if it was a year ago, maybe two years ago, that would be a conspiracy theory and be a work of fiction. But now I look at this and go, oh, that that's probably highly probable. Yeah. I mean, in August of last year, 30 Iranians came across the border, two of which populated through seek device on the terrorist watch list through biometrics. It's like, what? And we're willy-nilly, you know, 14,000 people in, in one day breaking records of illegal immigration um, and immigrants coming in this country and us not tracking any of it. But this is a melting pot. What you, you know? I know, like, right? We're a country of immigrants. It's uh, like, we're also a country of law. You right. Know? And that's the thing. Like, I'm fine. Country of immigrants. Cool. You want to immigrate here legally, responsibly and be a productive member. I'm, uh, I'm helping getting my first jujitsu professor immigrated here with his wife and his daughter. Yeah. To run an academy. Oh, that'd be awesome. And yeah, and you know, obviously going through lawyers and getting his, uh, I think he's got his, get his work visa first and then he can apply for his green card. Hey, all but live the American dream. Cool. Let's do it. But like you said, I mean, our, our border is literally just leaking like a sieve and the people that are coming across are not all just seeking refuge and to fight for the American dream. You know, there's, our enemies are are being very strategic. If I see a, like if I see um, a guy holding a child now 
um, after spending time with Mark Lamb and understanding That's that right, they yeah, use children oh. as not, not just sex trafficking and human trafficking and all the things, they're using them as pawns because they it reduces their signature. It's a it's a really good tactic at building empathy because I see him and I go, oh, that poor father. It's like that girl is not even related to that no. guy. And then when you see um, some of the most recent um, uh, media pieces come out of them crossing an Eagle Pass, you got thousands of middle-aged men. And I'm like, oh, well, that's problematic. Yeah. I mean, that we're not, there's, these aren't families that yeah. have birth certificates. Fight, fighting age men. They're fighting age males. Yeah. And so if you wanted to kick some stuff off, embed as many bad guys as possible that are completely lost in, in the system and then have them activate, have those sleeper cells activate. Absolutely. So we're, we're on the cusp, man. I, I think 2024, we're going to get it. It's going to be a combination of uh, a comprehensive, um, maybe even a combination of partnerships of foreign adversaries, but everything from cyber, uh, utilization of AI to small scale to big scale attacks. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're talking about the black swan attack that is likely to happen. And it's, it's likely to happen in 2024. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. You know, based on what you and I have done overseas, especially for the agencies we contracted for, um, it's we've we've seen stuff that can validate that, too. You know, like I remember one target in particular where blueprints from a bunch of elementary schools were recovered on target here. Mm. The, the target over there had blueprints of elementary schools here in the U.S. You know, so that's and that was heck that was over 10 years ago. So imagine what they've been planning and prepping. Yeah, I, I think when you when you look at. um I, I just like yesterday, yesterday I was uh, at the house and I got an alert through my camera system, uh, my security camera system, and it, it showed a fire and a fire was near my house and was an abandoned home. It turned out to be an abandoned home that was set up, set up on fire, but it was this massive blaze. I could see it from the, from the high ground. Uh -huh. And I got my drone and threw my drone up and flew right over it just to detect it. There yeah. was a helicopter above the drone <laughs> and I, I like PID'd it. They positively identified it, kind of vectored in and, and tried to understand the situation better because I was like, what's going on? Is right. this civil unrest? Was it a Palestinian right. um, a protest that turned violent? Um, you know, New York City had 460 um, protests, almost all of which turned violent. Yeah. And so, like, I'm thinking about that in my own backyard, you know, as, I, as you have to be. You have you, to. You, you have to be. And it's like, you know, you brought this up. The other day, like if we hear th something that sounds like gunfire outside, we're not going to go peeking around and go, what's going on? We're going to grab our gats and we're going to run out there and go, oh, okay, it was just fireworks or whatever, yeah. maybe. But we're there ready for that worst case scenario. And it's not being paranoid. It's being ready. But yeah, you know, it's it's crazy madness. But here we are yeah, in a pretty rad place here. So tell me, like before we before we wrap up, what's in store for 2024? Um, a lot. Um, well, one of the things that we're going to do is, um, roll out a new set of courses, including, uh, you, Devin teaching. I know you're on the books right now for a carbine course. I'm teaching pistol February 10th yep. and carbine February 11th. In-house? Uh, in-house. Yeah. I think the range is right down here. In okay. So uh, live fire. Yeah. Live fire. Yeah. Live, yeah. Live fire. Yeah, um, sorry. And we have like a personal defense. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we've been doing personal defense, but also we just did our first CQB class. That was, that was awesome. Which is too. epic. Yeah. And we got to use unit solutions, uh, M4s, which are the most realistic training tools we've ever utilized. Um, and we'll continue to use that. So expect to see a lot of things at HQ, a focus on Colorado um, with the guys, uh, Shay, Vandy, Eric, um, Steve Betancourt doing training out in Elizabeth and Parker, that area, as well as um, all the things that we offer here, responsible citizen, um, Friday afternoon club, even go rigs and coffee. We're, we're going to continue to do that also in Arizona, um, places throughout sporadically throughout the country. I, I, I just resigned a new book deal. So I'm writing a new book on primal survival, which is really cool. 
uh, has the opportunity for, for me to do some research and some travel, nice. hopefully go to Papua New Guinea and some cool places. Um, but I will be intermittently traveling, um, including going to Hawaii February 8th, 9th, and 10th to do on the 8th a fundraiser for Lahaina, the victims of Lahaina and their families, which is a big barbecue, which is going to be cool. On the 9th, I teach a pistol course. And on the 10th, um, Todd is teaching a survival course in Hawaii. Um, also prepared. You know, I like, let's talk about the media uh, perspective in education. A ton of education. Kyle Cooper, Mike Hernandez just wrapped up a series on Moto. We have some trips planned that we're going to line out. Um, uh, not, actually, we'll line out probably tomorrow which i'm super excited for because i'm going Dude. on those trips like. yeah you, yeah we'll lock it in <laughs> but you know people are super interested in moto but you know from a utilitarian perspective it's great to understand it how you can utilize a motorcycle which is a cheaper barrier to entry and preparedness than a a build out of a vehicle sure. but how do you build it out how do you equip it um expect to see a lot of that content on the app also prepared i'm doubling down on that um I'm not stopping on that. In fact, I'm going to Israel in February. I'm going to go visit uh, the area where there were attacks took place. I'm going to train some of the Israeli guys. Um, it's going to be a great time. Um, you might come on that trip with me. Yep. I'm, I'm talking to the guy right now, just trying to do final coordination. Cool. Let me know. I'll get the gym covered. But high level content on how to be, be best prepared in the future. Me and Andy Stump started Focal Point. The, the point of Focal Point is having experts like you on talking about issues especially social issues and how to think about them versus telling you how to think about them right. um, or what you should think about specifically about them. And, and then, you know, in-house product has become um, the mainstay of revenue for Philcraft. And that's a good thing. Um, Shields has given us an opportunity, hopefully knock it out of the park. Um, you know, that's everything from fanny packs to first aid kits to holsters I hope to be in more locations throughout the country. You know, I, I you know, our, our products, they do really well direct to consumer, but we only have so much visibility in our market. And I, I want to market broadly, you know, ho hopefully um, do some media engagements that um, voices and messages preparedness to a broader audience. I'm looking for those opportunities. Like I, I, I think preparedness is for everybody. It's not just for a specific demographic or type of people. It's for families, it's for kids, it's for women. Um, and it's for all walks of life. Absolutely. Um, leading up into the election cycle, um, we hope to do a lot of things, including a conference every month. Um, we're starting that off with the January 20th conference, which is communications. Look, these conferences aren't expensive. They're workshops. They'll have experts like Josh Noss, who ham radio crash course, who's an expert. We'll have American contingency experts in the uh, ham radio network. Um, I've already lined up Joe Kent, Heather, uh, Damon, a whole bunch of experts that are going to be focused on AI, cyber threats, Intel. That's going to happen in um, March, April timeframe, as well as a... Um, I think we just put it on the books for April 9th, I believe. Um, or no, no, the end of April for a homeschool uh, conference. And then expect to see these conferences once a month. So if you can get to a conference, it's your best opportunity to engage with both the subject matter expert, but us as well. Yeah. You know, you know, come and we'll give you a, we'll, we'll rent you a loaner a gi. <laughs> you can do a day rate, roll with you. Let's go. Um, and as many people as I can get to move to Provo, Utah especially the, the people that are good people. Um, I want to advocate for that because this is where headquarters will always be. We will do try to do satellites in other places in the country. But um, this is where we plan to focus a lot of our efforts in 2024. Yeah. I'm absolutely loving it out here. It's I'm beautiful, taking, right? It's beautiful. I'm taking every advantage of yeah. all the outdoor. I mean, this is Mecca if you're into outdoor stuff. It's, it's amazing. You know, so I'm, I'm getting my truck built out so we can go on some awesome, awesome trips and do the mobility experience stuff, getting my truck built out and getting my bike built out so we can go do the moto stuff. And obviously I've lived this lifestyle most of my, most of my adult life and I kind of moved away from an area where I could do it. And now here I am. And yeah. I got a riding partner right across the table from me. Yeah. So. In full integration of the family, yeah. which is amazing. And uh, yeah, man, I think 2024 is going to be crazy, but our mission focus doesn't change. 
We're no, going to be doing for the same sure thing. not. And it, hey, luck favors the prepared. Yeah. It's like, uh, what do they say? Hope for the best, prepare for the worst. That's right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome, man. I appreciate it. Uh, come on down. If you're in the Provo area, come visit Fieldcraft headquarters down in Provo. Um, if you don't train jujitsu, go start training jujitsu. If you live in the Provo area, come on in and visit and get on the mats with us and uh, buy a sticker I had on the way out. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.